the Ghost Goal Podcast. Manchester United won their first trophy in six years on Sunday when they defeated an upstart Newcastle United 2-0 in the Carabao League Cup Final at Wembley. Meanwhile, Manchester City kept pace with leaders Arsenal at the top as both sides claimed away wins against bottom half opposition, but Liverpool and Chelsea drifted deeper into mid-table depression as both failed to win their away matchups across London. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 399. Javier, I uh, assume you're uh, keeping well. Don't want to preempt it too much, but I I feel like we've been talking about the top of the table a lot the last few weeks, and I feel like we need to spread the attention a little further down the the league table. I'm okay with it. I mean, maybe into the relegation spots. You know, yeah, it's. uh, Uh, I mean, if you want to give your arsenal, uh, your weekly arsenal, uh, you know, state of the union, then go ahead and be my guest. But I'll say I I I could save it for later. I could save it for later. Or do you, uh, Alrighty then, because uh, I've got a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, Alex, what do you? I'm sure you got. Well, you, you do. What happened here? Again, you guys lost. Well, I'm going to preempt. I'm going to preempt all of this, Xavier, by saying I've noticed a trend, not with Chelsea the last few weeks, but with this pod, and it's every time we start to talk about Chelsea and uh, we start to you know uh, talk about like the terrible inadequacies of the squad at the moment. I got to get on a roll and then you you cut me off and you jump in with what your dad's been telling you. And I'm just here to say, just to get us started, just keep your mouth shut for the first couple minutes and let me vent. Because if Arsenal ever lost to Tottenham in the way we just lost to Tottenham, I would uh, give you the ball, let you ISO up and then get the hell out of the way. Because... I, I I can tolerate many things as a Chelsea fan. I can I'm used to us not showing up like, like randomly against some shit team that's on relegation form and needs a win. I'm used to that. But losing to Tottenham, and I don't care if it's away. We call that place three point lane for a reason. We hadn't conceded a league goal against Tottenham at that new stadium since they went into it. And the worst part about that loss, uh, if you haven't seen the results yet, Chelsea did lose 2-0 at Tottenham on uh, Sunday, the only Premier League game on Sunday before uh, that Carabao Cup final we'll get to. The worst thing about that was they weren't even good. They were shit. But you just knew as soon as Thiago Silva went down injured in the first half and as soon as Tottenham popped up with a goal from Ollie Skip, who never scores or has never scored before that, uh, just rips it, top bins through like Kepa's lettuce r- wrists. As soon as that happens, you just know like, okay, we're not getting anything out of this game. There, there's, I, I need to find the audio for there is no fight, there is no passion, there is nothing. That Indian guy who's a Chelsea fan who's just going off. I, I think it was during the Lampard era. But even in underpass managers who have, you know, failed to, you know, really seize the job and do a really good job. Even managers like Sari and Lampard, they won against Tottenham. You beat Tottenham. That's the that's the baseline for being a Chelsea manager. Doesn't matter how bad your form is leading into those games, doesn't matter how terrible you are going forward. What matters is you beat Tottenham. And rather than, you know, seeing the performances improve and you know this this whole like basically meme sentence now of trusting the process that was first you know used to troll Arsenal fans and now 
Chelsea are spouting a lot of the same shit. There's nothing, you don't see anything processing. There's no improvement anywhere. If anything, it's getting worse game by game. Now, I know we're only like two games removed from Chelsea having some decent performances and still losing, but you'd think after like the terrible results against Southampton, bottom of the league, Southampton, who have lost to, you know, Wolves and Leeds either side of that, that win they had at Stamford Bridge, you'd think there'd be a reaction from the players, a pretty strong team that Potter seems to be mostly in favor of. You'd think there'd be some reaction from them in this game. And I just saw nothing. So it's, it's, it's a tough one to take on the chin because again, you want something to cling to. You want something, some form of hope to be like, Oh, okay, well we can improve in this area. And then we'll, you know, I would just take a better performance at this point. Never mind the results. Like I, the, I'm guessing the results would come if the performance is improved. But tell me what you saw, Javier. Because are you done? You're you're yeah, done crying. Are you done crying? I, I need to get I need to get Good all of that out God, of my fucking system. God, it's so fucking it's fuck it's, Tottenham. It's so annoying. No, it's so annoying hearing fuck you. Tottenham. It's annoying hearing my dad. It's annoying hearing Chelsea fans on social media everywhere fucking crying about your results and how you're not beating Tottenham and how guess what this season's a fucking wash for you guys shut the fuck up about it it doesn't matter so you don't lose to Tottenham it doesn't matter and it doesn't and matter guess what, guess what? you have new owners you don't lose to Leeds guess what? who are you playing have at com- home next you week you don't well but you have completely new owners you had a completely new squad overhaul um, okay, Javier, tell me this. Just tell, answer this question for me. Uh, of whatever little bit of Chelsea you've watched these last couple of weeks, what what do you think? Like, what areas do you think have promise and that we can like cling to and hope to build on? Sure, I don't, I mean, I don't see I think, any I think, area where we can build. I, I do. On I mean, I think moment. Enzo Fernandez is clearly a world class midfielder. Just every single everything he does is class. Um, but I think he needs to be further up the field. He's doing too much defensive duties. Um, so I think it was kind of foolish to get, let go of someone like Jorginho. I think Jorginho would have freed up someone like Enzo Fernandez a lot to play. And you need someone like, you know, Kovacic to come back into the team so he can take more of those responsibilities in midfield. Um, I think that's, he that's was, number uh, one for me. He was sick for that, for that game. He came back in the so, Southampton game from an injury. He wasn't right very now, good. And then he was you're sick missing, on You're Sunday, missing that, so like, that, like... Enzo Fernandez pushing up further up the pitch and creating more more you know opportunities for him. He needs to be in and around the top of the box, taking shots, creating chances, not do you know going okay, back. Okay, cool. And when he when he gets the ball up there, who's going to put the the ball in the back of the net? I mean, I think Zhao Felix has been promising a few games for you guys. I think Raheem Sterling actually had a fairly good game for you against Tottenham. He was probably your best player. Um, Kai Havertz. I mean, he's looked good in flashes at times. He still looks good in build up. You know, he needs a little bit more support. I don't know. I don't think Ziyech is that. I, I think Ziyech, I don't understand Potter's fascination with keep playing a player who tried to leave, you know, so vehemently in January. Yeah, he was like, he was 30 minutes away from joining PSG. So I, I don't understand that one. That one for me is baffling. Um, I don't like the Ziyech pick, um, even though he did, I think, play well in Champions League against Dortmund, right? Um, and by the way, people who were calling out Chelsea saying, oh, they keep making all these changes. I honestly was one of those p- people who, who was very shocked that there was all these changes again from the last game 
But then I then I understood because I I didn't realize you know when I watched Potter's interview he said this was the same team I played against Dortmund I just went back and looked and yeah it's true I mean the, the only change was Sterling for for Modric it was the exact same team so that team had a great performance against Dortmund yeah they lost they, they created 15 chances and they played really well so I understand why Potter played this team and thought that they would play well super unfortunate that Thiago Silva goes down in the 19th minute I I still like maybe it would have only been one nil. But I, I don't think it like it may, I think, I think, probably would have taken a Chilwell miracle for us to James get a draw are, are out promising, of that game. You know, Badiashile's looked promising when he's played. So I think I, I, it's kind of baffling why Badiashile wasn't still in the lineup. So that's the other player that I don't like. I don't like Koulibaly playing, and and I mean I think now it's going to have to probably be Koulibaly and Badiashile. But you know, Fofana should well, be getting into this that, team. That brings too. me into the next point of every time we've seen Chelsea struggle to like this significant of a degree in the past, what has been the quick and easy fix to, you know, turn around your form and get at least get people more confident. It's been switching to a back five with three center backs and Chilwell and Reese James bombing up the wings and providing the width. And now you can make like a pretty like solid argument that with all of the options we now have at center back, I mean, let's assume Thiago Silva's out for a week or two comes back after that. We still have Koulibaly Benoit Badiashile, Wesley Fafana looked, you know, adequate when he came on in both the the Spurs game this past weekend and the uh, Southampton game the week before. Trevor Chalaba, Koulibaly is up and down short. So hold on, Cesar hold on. I, I, will be back I, I, and play. I have... Why, I, I'm just, do you mind if I just finish okay. saying that if we want to actually turn the results around, and I think we should have done this for the Tottenham game, this, if this should have been done for the Tottenham game, I think you have to salvage some sort of confidence in terms of what the like the player's belief in the manager in Graham Potter, because right now it just doesn't seem like he's getting anything out of them. He needs to prove to them that he is an adequate manager and is you know knows how to fix problems. Right now he's just throwing out the same team, doing the same tactics, and it's not working. You can't say and he's throwing. You, you can't say he's throwing boss. the same team. When he, I don't know how you can he respect made a bunch your boss of changes when, he's, in the last when game. he's not problem solving on the fly. He's not. He tried. He's not solving game. any of our problems though. So that's why I'm just suggesting the the five at the back. Let Reese James and Showell get more involved, providing the width. And I don't know, you, you've just you've just got to pick three forwards to play I in mean, the front three. I mean, for me, it's it's a little bit worrying that like off of that. you still have a bunch of these players who won the Champions League a couple of years for you a couple of years ago, and they're still supposed to quote unquote be in their primes, and they're not. They're not performing for you, or they're not staying fit. And players like Mason Mount, like he was supposed to be every year he'd been leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And I don't know what happened to him this season, but he's completely fallen off. This is the the first year he's 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 fallen off. Uh, Honestly, I I believe in him the same way I I would believe in Marcus Rashford if I was a United fan. Like Rashford had been struggling for much longer than Mason Mount has. And I'm still fully confident that. He'll figure it out and he'll bounce back and have a great season. But that's another like huge player that you're that. just missing in your lineup yeah. right now. I mean, so it's it's you're you're blaming it on Potter, but like I mean, Mason Mount going from being no, no, one I, of the best I, again, players in the saying, Premier League to suddenly I'm not saying I'm fully blaming it. Shit I'm just offering like, solutions. It's not Potter's fault for right now. You know, like I, again, I never once said this is all Potter's fault. I'm saying. This is a, a, a quick fix. So Potter got literally thrown. He got thrown like eight or nine players in January, right? You know, it's going to take like at least five or six months for these players to gel and start playing together. You don't just put eight or nine players in January into a team and expect like 
things to happen because it's just it's gonna it was gonna yeah but cause chaos cause it's, it's hard you know, for chemistry me to, to go. it's hard for me to buy this whole like there's too many players the, the club actually put out that excuse this week oh he's he's got too many players to work with it's it's too convoluted with all these he has different like 30 players, players literally the, the excuse for the entire season has been that we don't have enough players that we've got too many injuries like i i'm i'm not buying that pr bullshit i'm not even saying we had to win that tottenham game i'm just saying you needed to see something in a Tottenham game. And like, I needed to see something the week before against Southampton. Tottenham are in for top and, and four. That, that's just, that's not even demanding a result. That's just, you, that's just the reality of this season. You have to stop like thinking to yourself that, oh, we needed to show up in this game. and give you, It doesn't matter. You're a mid-table team we, and they put you to the sword at home. No, you I, didn't. I think you're misunderstanding You didn't me. need a performance is what I'm trying me. to tell you. You have all of these pieces. You have world-class players in your team. It's just going to take a while for these for the players, for number one, for Potter to, to to realize who's gonna who needs to be there in the summer, you know he needs to figure that out, and he's gonna use this season to to weed out the players that he doesn't want anymore, and he needs to sort out like the wage structure. There's some players are getting paid wildly more than other players. That that's a huge problem, I'm sure. That's you know causing some players to want to leave or some players to want to renegotiate their contracts. So all of that needs to be sorted out before like. The club can move forward as a as as a whole. I mean, that's why players I think like Mason Mount, um, you know, like even you know Ben Chilwell hasn't been great. You know, when he's played, well, he just came back from an injury. Cheek. So Chilwell's, I mean, I don't, a, I don't know. Chilwell's a special case. Loftus Cheek didn't look really good. I mean, he's one of your pet players, Alex. I mean, you, you, he need we'll him probably so- be sold in the summer. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's a bunch of players that Ziyech as well. You know, Havertz should probably maybe be sold. So just wait. The season's a wash. What I think, you know, for me, what I would like to see more of from Potter is playing younger, young, the younger players like Fofana, Modric, Padiashile, you know, um, Madueke, and giving them more minutes. And just even if you guys don't get the results, maybe those players can grow and get more Premier League experience instead of playing, you know, Thiago Silva and Koulibaly, you know, who, as while they're experienced, I don't think you necessarily need the results right now. I think you need just players getting more experience, getting more, you know, acclimatized to the league and figuring out who's going to be the best for Chelsea going forward. Because this season's just been too whack for you guys. Too many changes, too many crazy things happen. Tuchel was too big of a, you know, he had too much of an influence on the players, on the team, on the club as a whole to just like wash, to come in and just wash that away. I mean, the dude had put won the Champions League with Chelsea, put his stamp. Yeah, but he'd only been there on the for club. Like it doesn't matter. Months. It doesn't matter. He'd been there for that, that what, long. What he had done at the club, you know, it's going to take a, a while for Potter to make it his team. This isn't. It. I know that he got all these players, but it's not Potter's team yet. So, like, if you fire him now, you're never going to have seen what this man can actually produce for you. Again, never said we should fire him right now. I'm just saying I need to see improvements. Like. I wasn't shitting on the team to this degree, like in the weeks before that Southampton loss, where we drew West Ham, lost to Dortmund in midweek. Uh, I think as long as you don't get relegated te- like, or like finish in the bot, like in like fourteenth or fi- like if you just as long as you finish, I think in, like, we're going to finish in the bottom ninth, half, tenth, eleventh. You're you're fine. You're fine. It I, I think we will finish in the bottom half. That's I'm not seeing anything to suggest otherwise. Uh, b- before we move on from this game. I know I've already taken up like half the pod to just vent about Chelsea. 
but we do have to mention Tottenham. As much as it uh, sickens me, we, we did get uh, our correspondence of the week from uh, Spurs fan Mark, who's been on our uh, Instagram lives uh, before after matches. We didn't manage to do an Instagram live with him after this one because uh, I was too depressed and turned it off with 10 minutes to go. Um, but <laughs> uh, we did get a DM from him. He's from uh, Cyclone Sports, the, uh, you know, how would you describe it? The uh, card selling uh, Instagram channel. He does like live shows where he opens packs and like sells them. So yeah, go follow him on Instagram at Cyclone Sports. He wrote in with a couple of questions, but one I picked out is uh, he wants us to discuss Spurs' recent run of form since Conte has been out with the uh, gallbladder issue. He's been out twice after surgery and his uh, his assistant, uh, Christian Stellini, that uh, big balding Italian bloke is uh, taken over for him, and he's won every single game he's been in charge, including a Man City home game, uh, West Ham at home, and, that, and this Chelsea game. Was he not in charge uh, for the Leicester game? No, Conte was there for that one. Wow, that's the, the crazy. Other game, the other game that Stellini, Stellini was in charge for was back in, uh, I think, December, when they had to go away to Marseille in the last day of the Champions League group stage. Conte was sick with something else that day. And they had to win that game to like assure themselves of getting out of the group, and they pulled it off uh, in the last minute. So he's got a good like record as the head coach. But like, what do you think is the reason for this? Do you think Conte just like instills too much fear in all of those guys that they're afraid he's going to like rip their head off that if they make a, a mistake? Really bizarre, like you know, change or you might you got to think that Conte's still communicating with uh, the assistant coaches and giving them instructions, right? But I, you, you don't. I mean, there's no I mean, way yeah, that yeah, pre-maction, the, maybe somewhat during the match, but at the same time, it's still Stellini's call. I feel like, like he's the man acting as the the head coach. And I mean, they've done this to Chelsea at home and Manchester City, just frustrated the shit out of them, let them have the ball, and hit them on a, a set piece or a mistake. So I, you got to give him credit. I mean, they're now you know even further ahead of Newcastle, though Newcastle have two games in hand after that uh, that weekend off from Premier League action. I still think they're, they're, they're going to fall out of it once Newcastle are back only playing Premier League. They're out of the FA Cup as well. They have no Europe. Uh, I think Newcastle will still turn, turn it around, but um, it, it's definitely interesting to see how Tottenham sort of like bounced back into life while Antonio Conte has been away. And I don't know, it's something to keep an eye on as he comes back in, in future weeks. How does that affect them? Does Do they revert back to the terrible performances like the one they had against Leicester? No, it's interesting. I mean, they've been, they've been getting the results and it's pushing them up the table. I mean, they have a four-point lead now, like you said, and I'd rather have the points than the games in hand. So Tottenham aren't in a bad position right now. You know, I think they've played a lot of their difficult games. They've played Manchester City twice. They've played Arsenal twice. I think they still have to play Manchester United and Newcastle. So they still have to play their direct rivals. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's still, I think Liverpool as well, right? So they still have it all in their hands. And uh, looking decent for Tottenham. I mean, they just, they got to they gotta get some some form into their team. And it looks like, player like Oliver Skip coming into the team scoring that's got to be huge you know he was out injured for a long time um, I know he's like a fan favorite and a lot of a lot of people thought that he was going to be a mainstay in Tottenham's midfield he hasn't been that to this point so maybe if he can start scoring goals and, and actually playing well like that and controlling games then it could be a uh, a big bright spot in Petancourt's injury yeah, he, yeah, he's got to take advantage of Bentancourt being out injured and Eve Basuma, two players that were signed for like big money to play alongside Hoiberg and 
kind of yeah skips the hometown heroes. So I think that's another you know huge like factor that's come out of nowhere that I didn't expect at all. You know I didn't expect that their fourth midfielder would come in and and be scoring against Chelsea like you said a banger. So. Unfortunately kind of, uh, for Tottenham, they don't get to play sh- this shit Chelsea team every week, so uh, it's going to get harder from here. Okay, that's enough on Tottenham Chelsea. Uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, to vent because uh, I never enjoy losing to Tottenham. It's uh, it's Arsenal, or at least you know a storied club. When you lose to them, you think, okay, fair play, they were just better than us. Tottenham, it feels like every time they beat us, it's always like they were shit, we were more shit, we gave it away to them. So. Fuck you, Tottenham. Okay, moving on. Uh, Manchester United, I feel like this is a pretty big story. They won their first trophy in six years, winning the Carabao uh, League Cup final on Sunday. They beat Newcastle 2-0 uh, with goals from Casemiro and Marcus Rashford. Actually, I think the second one might have been an own goal. Um, on I think they ended up who. giving it to Rashford because they love Rashford. Oh, they Rashford. gave it to him. Yeah. All right, good for him. Uh, yeah, that's the first trophy that United have won since the 2017 Europa League under Mourinho. They won the League Cup that uh, same season, so uh, maybe they do another league and Europa League uh, double this season under Ten Hag. Did you get a chance to watch this game? Uh, yeah, I watched parts of it. I mean, United were definitely good for the win. Um, I mean, they're just counterattack merchants. You know, they gave Newcastle the ball let Newcastle have possession and they got in their low block. And I think they're the best counterattacking team possibly in the world right now. You know, them and Real Madrid, I would say. So, you know, they put that on display against Barcelona as well, multiple times. And Marcus Rashford hmm. is just an unbelievable Interesting. Form. Them and Real Madrid, you say? Because uh, Manchester United's next league game, I think they have West Ham in the FA Cup in midweek, but next weekend they're going to be going to Anfield to play Liverpool. We're seeing another 5-2, Javier, like Real Madrid did. Ooh, that would be, yeah. I mean, United could absolutely end up spanking Liverpool. At, right. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, but yeah, I think Manchester United, Ten Hag's done an incredible job. I mean, we, don't, we haven't talked about it enough, but this is his first year in the job. And this is a team that has generally gone with a big, experienced manager, someone who had a lot of trophies, who had a lot of, you know, pizzazz. Then they tried, you know, hometown hero Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, that kind of brought spirits back up, but didn't really produce enough results for them. And Ten Hag already winning a trophy early on, you know, great signs for them. Arteta did the same thing, you know, won an FA Cup in his first season for us, gave bought him a lot of good grace at the club. For Ten Hag winning this trophy early on, you know, getting top four this season, you know, maybe maybe staying in in title race if they keep winning, keep keep on their good form, all of those things, um, making a deep Europa League run. Like you said, even 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 if they don't win the Europa League, I think already winning a trophy this season, getting Champions League would be a great season for them. Uh, so, if someone had told you uh, before this season that one English club would still be in for a quadruple, not the quadruple, but a quadruple in uh, March. You wouldn't have guessed it would be Manchester United. You would have guessed Manchester City or Liverpool. You would have guessed one of those teams. Liverpool got like all the way down to the last two weeks of last season, having won the FA Cup and League Cup, and you know just fell at the final hurdle, losing the league to Manchester City and losing in the Champions League final. the The league looks out of range for Manchester United, though not fully, because they are one of the best informed teams in in the league and could still make up that gap. 
but Europa League, FA Cup, and League Cup would be would be a great haul for Eric Ten Hag's first season. Like I think it's very doable for them. So yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to them. I didn't watch this game personally because I was, you know, when you just hit a depression where you just don't want to even look at a football pitch anymore. That was me after Chelsea Tottenham. I just just like, all right, that's enough football for me for the weekend. Um, but yeah, congrats to Manchester United um, and to Eric Ten Hag. Uh, do want to mention Liverpool failing to win again. Uh, they went to uh, Selhurst Park and drew nil nil with Crystal Palace. Could have won the game and missed some very. Uh, guilt eggs chances, but so did Palace. So I feel like a draw was kind of the uh, the fair uh, result in the end there. They've got another game in the Premier League coming up this week, uh, this midweek. They play Wolves at home on Wednesday, I think around 3 p.m. Um, who are, you know, Wolves are a struggling relegation side at the moment. So you'd think they would turn things around uh, then, but you never know. Like, I. I do you think Liverpool have done enough to uh, sort of distract from like the the crisis that was like surrounding them after that Real Madrid uh, like terrible loss? I mean, they look pretty flat again against Crystal Palace. I'd be I'd be pretty worried if I was a Liverpool fan because you know I know that they that result was was pretty brutal. I mean, I think keeping a clean sheet and not losing is still a positive. That's something they can build off of. You know, they didn't get destroyed. They didn't ship five goals. So something to build off of, you know, now they're going to be playing in front of their fans, right? So maybe the fans can lift them up and they can get they can get a narrow win over Wolves, who honestly have been pretty good under Lepetegui. They got a away win at Southampton. You know, they got a pretty good, decent uh, away draw at Fulham where they definitely even could have gone on and won. Um, they were definitely good for the draw there. You know, they did lose to Bournemouth at home, but they, they also just beat Liverpool 3-0, I think, like you said on the last pod. So another big test for Liverpool here. I think very winnable game, though. I'm sure they're going to be, you know, in for blood after that 3-0 result. And I think Darwin Nunez is such a big part of the future of this team. They need to somehow figure out a way to, to get him scoring goals. I think he had a shoulder injury that, like, was re-aggravated because he played the Champions League game. So I don't know if he's actually going to play in this game. Um, he didn't play in the midweek game for them or in the weekend game. Yeah. Well, Shota's back. Didn't, Shota's didn't do back. much, That's but, a, but yeah. he's back. But he, yeah, he's so been out Gakpo for a while. And, it was Gakpo and Salah who missed the chances Gakpo's on uh, starting Saturday. Gakpo's starting to get, starting to, you know, kind of become yeah, a, a big part of this team. he scored a goal or two, yeah. but he's still missing some very good chances. He missed one very late in the, in the game on Saturday that he really should have taken. And then obviously, like, it's still crazy to me how, like, Mo Salah doesn't get more, like, criticism. Fr- frankly, I think Liverpool fans should send their, uh, you know, the, the, the closest Chelsea fan to them. They should all send them flowers, a thank you card, something, because we're well, taking so all the s- heat off of, off of Liverpool show, this season. You know, Sa- Sadio Mane, yeah, absolutely you are. Cause, but I was going to say, Sadio Mane, you know, he was a huge part of this team. And, they, you know, Luis Diaz was that player that was supposed to replace him. And he was a big part of Liverpool's attack, you know, while he was in the team. Very, very dangerous player. Was playing really well for them every time he played. But going down injured for the rest of the season, I mean, it's a pretty big blow. I mean, that's why they signed Cody Gakpo. But, you know, Gakpo's nowhere near Diaz's level, right? So, some, uh, some pains. Kind of is. Is he? But I was going to say, just some pains for Liverpool, you know, I think. Not that the season's a wash. They think they can get Europe. So, I know I, th- I said back, back them for Champions League, but. Starting to doubt. They got they got to beat Wolves here. They got to get a win. 
Yeah, so I do want to move on and talk about the relegation race, but I want to kind of start it out through the lens of doing our like way too early previews that we like to do on uh, Mondays or Tuesdays. There's a lot of really good games in the Premier League coming up next weekend, but the one that obviously hit, hits closest to my heart is Chelsea versus Leeds, Saturday at 10 a.m. Don't worry, we're not going to talk too much about Chelsea. We got enough of that in. I want to talk about Leeds, though, because... Just this past week, since we last recorded, they hired uh, Javi Gracia, formerly of uh, Watford, during the 2018 and a little bit of the 2019 season. He then went on to Valencia for 2020 and 2021, and then Al Sadd in Qatar for the last year or so. He's back in the Premier League, kind of a surprise hire by Leeds, but he got his first win in his first game there. They beat Southampton, who were you know bottom of the table. Uh, a goal by Junior Firpo in the 77th minute to seal the points at home. They now come down to Chelsea. They're just out of the relegation zone, just uh, jumped over, I think, Everton and Bournemouth to get up to 17th place. I think they can be really confident of coming to Stamford Bridge and frustrating the shit out of us and getting a result here. Like, they're not going to get many better chances than this. And they are, they already beat us 3-0 at their place earlier this season. You know their Tuchel fans are going to be up for that game because there's yeah. bad blood between Chelsea and Leeds fans. And and last season it took like an, an injury time penalty from Jorginho for us to beat them like 3-2. So they, they've come to Stanford Bridge and caused us problems before. They scored the first goal a lot of the time when they come to Stanford Bridge. So... If I'm Leeds, I'm like I'm not looking at a, a trip to Stanford Bridge and you know feeling any sort of fear right now. And that, that's kind of bad news for the rest of the league because the rest of these matchups, you've got Everton are going to Arsenal tomorrow or Wednesday. Wednesday evening, they'll play at Arsenal, probably losing that one. Uh, Bournemouth next weekend are going to be going to Arsenal. Also probably losing that one. You've got Wolves next playing against Liverpool away and then Spurs at home. Southampton have to host Leicester. Nottingham Forest will like play Everton over the weekend, so that's a relegation six-pointer that could get them a lot of points. I'm just saying that like my pick for Leeds to get relegated is in a lot of trouble right now because they've got some chance, like a chance to build some. Yeah, I wonder how good they'll momentum. be under uh, under Javi Garcia because uh, yeah, Javi Garcia he's, he's, he's been in the Premier League up. a few times. Yeah, I was going to say he's just decent. once for he was just decent for Watford. For Watford. Um, he kept them up and he got them to the FA Cup final in 2018, and they lost six nil to Man City in the FA Cup final. But just getting there for them was pretty impressive. Yeah, he could he could keep he definitely could keep leads up. So I mean, Southampton they they need to start getting a result. I know that they beat Chelsea, but losing to Leeds was a huge relegation six pointer. And like you said, now they have Leicester, who you know they looked like they turned it around, but now three 0 loss, one 0 loss to Arsenal, where they had no shots whatsoever. You know, Leicester then a loss to Man United before that. Madison. But those were tougher matchups, though. Yeah, those so. are tougher matchups. So let's see if they can keep putting relegation fodder to the sword. Because if they can, they'll, they'll you know they'll definitely stay safe. Definitely, the relegation battle's heating up here in Southampton. You know, teams like Everton and Bournemouth are still picking up points, so they're going to get left behind if they don't you know keep up the pace and keep keep getting wins here. There's only a few games left. There's only 14 games left for a lot of these teams. You know, it's two thirds. We're two thirds way through the season. Yeah, I do have to say though, Bournemouth. Uh, their next couple of games, obviously the Arsenal away game on Saturday, then they'll host Liverpool, then they'll go to Aston Villa, then they'll host Fulham, host Brighton. Like, 
their schedule's not like getting really easier anytime soon. I know Liverpool are, you know, kind of at sixes and sevens right now, but that'll still be a very tough game for them. Uh, Bournemouth, you you can see you last know, this is sort I, of I feel like last time you said status. that you said that, and then they piped Liverpool, didn't they? I feel no, like Liverpool you said beat them. Liverpool beat them nine nil earlier this season. Oh, you don't remember okay. that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. nine nil at Anfield. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I'm just saying, Bournemouth. I Bournemouth I, get a we can all feel comfortable about them getting relegated. Southampton. I'm starting to feel more comfortable about them getting relegated. You know, once again, you don't get to play Chelsea every week, so they. Um, so sometimes they're gonna lose games. It's just that third spot. It's like, can Dyke turn Everton around? I think the third spot's gonna go to the last day. Very last day. I, I'm just hoping. Chelsea can pull something out just to, you know, throw throw leads off again. That's that's all I want. You know, that's like switch to the back five. Let's throw leads off. Let's get them relegated. That will be like a one any, uh, small win for Chelsea. Any this chance season. of Arsenal dropping points, Alex, against uh, no. Bournemouth and no. Everton? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. The big games of the weekend are going to be uh, this Manchester City game on Saturday morning to get us started. They're hosting Newcastle at seven thirty a.m. Oh, let's go for Newcastle. some reason. Let's for some reason, when I went to Newcastle. check for uh, for fantasy uh, purposes, I was checking to see if Nick Pope had served the suspension. Supposedly, it was a second yellow card, and he's served the suspension uh, through you know being suspended for that Carabao Cup final, and he will play against Manchester City. Do you think this has any effect, or think it's going to be another walkover by Manchester City? Didn't they draw three three last time? They did. I just mean, generally speaking, Man City just won four one, admittedly against Bournemouth. But yeah, that was against Bournemouth. I don't give a shit about that. They didn't even look I, that good. I'm against starting Bournemouth. to lose faith in Newcastle in these like matchups against the other top sides. They've had a couple now: the Manchester United League Cup final, the Liverpool game the week before that, where they haven't you know looked as solid defensively. So I, I think until Newcastle win another or get a result out of one of those big games, I think I'm going to lean towards Manchester City to to win yeah, this I mean, one at I, home. I do think Manchester City are going to win. Uh, they, you know, they're they're kind of in Terminator mode where Arsenal have a pretty easy run right now. I think City have to win all of their games because they're going to fall behind. Um, we've got a run of home games. We have, you know, out of our 14 games left this season, we have eight home games, six away games, and while. You know, the away games, the only, like, kind of easy away games are West Ham away and Nottingham Forest away. Those aren't even that easy. Like, Nottingham yeah, Forest away is easy. not easy. Um, but the rest of the home games are, are very, very winnable. So, I think for Manchester City, it's very likely Arsenal get high 80s. You know, we get 87, 88 points. So, City are really going to have to get a lot of points to, you know, even if we lose those other four away games, which are at Anfield... At the Etihad, at St James's Park, and at Brighton, you know, even if we drop points in those four games, it's very likely we we win mo- the rest of our home games the rest of the season. There really isn't like a hard matchup in those. Um, we play mostly bottom bottom of the table sides at home this season, and City are going to have to beat teams like Newcastle to win the title. Yeah, you and guys are playing bottom half that. sides like Everton, Bournemouth, Chelsea. Yeah, it's it's a really easy home schedule. Great schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to get it in there before you do. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to lean towards a Manchester City win in our uh, way too early predictions. I think it's going to be close, though, like a 2-1. Newcastle, Nick won, but a 2-1 Man City. you have a prediction for that, or uh, 
abstaining. I'll say uh, one nil Man City. Okay, and then the other uh, big, big game of the weekend, Sunday, 11.30 a.m., Liverpool-Manchester United. We uh, teased this one earlier. As Could it be a repeat of that 5-2 loss Liverpool uh, last sustained uh, in the uh, at home in the Champions League to Real Madrid? I, I've been kind of mulling over that statement you made about Manchester United are one of the best counterattacking teams in the world next to Real Madrid. And I really am struggling to think of like in terms of form right now, who is a bigger, like what team is a bigger threat to play a high line against? And I think you might be right. Like maybe PSG just because of Mbappe, Messi. No, and they're, they're too fit, shit Neymar. on the ball. They're just not good enough. No, but like they're, they're still PSG a threat against, just purely no, from I mean, Mbappe's even against, pace. I watched, uh, I watched actually a decent beat of like Marseille, of course, just because of Kylian Mbappe, how good Mbappe is and because of how good Messi is on the right, ball. But, but I'm outside of those a, two. praise for Rashford. Rashford is yeah, like at that level right now in terms yeah, of his pace and the way. timing of his runs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe, you know, maybe like you said, maybe PSG, um, I think Real Madrid with, uh, you know, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo and Falverde. Arsenal? Yeah, of course, you know, Arsenal, but I don't think we Saka, play counterattacking. Martinelli, Jesus, no, when but he's, we don't when play that healthy. way. We, we control the game. We don't play we don't play the way that way at all. We have, you know, 65-70% possession and we pin teams back just like we did against Leicester. Leicester had 0.01 expected goals. Their only shot was a Dewsbury Hall shot like in like the 60 yeah. 70th minute that went wide. There was no other shots the entire game. Um you know, just like pretty much the most comfortable one 0 win you could possibly have. Fucking, of course, it feels you're doing like everything turned everything around. The, the Liverpool Manchester United preview. Yeah, I bring up Arsenal the... once to say you're decent on the counter, and all of a sudden it's a you match like analysis you of like Arsenal Leicester. All right, all right, but now I'm done. I'm done, Alex. What would you predict score wise for Liverpool Manchester United on Sunday? Grant, uh, granted, we do have to add Liverpool will host Wolves on Wednesday in the Premier League, and Manchester United. I believe are hosting West Ham in the FA Cup on Wednesday. So they'll both be busy with that and will be tough but winnable I'll games say, for both of them. If Liverpool beat Wolves at home, I think they'll draw Manchester United. So I think if they go win, then they'll go draw. I think if they drop points at all to Wolves, they'll just lose to Manchester United outright. Um, and they won't have any confidence going into that game. So I will say if they actually, if they'll get a 2-2 draw, if uh, if they beat Wolves, and then if not, then I'll say Manchester United 3-1. I'm just going to sack up and say I think Manchester United are winning 3-1. And uh, when that happens, I'll be ready to say that Manchester United are in the title race. This is like a win or get the fuck out game, kind of like the Liverpool-Newcastle one a few weeks back or two weeks back. Where if Liverpool wanted to have any chance of getting into the top four, they had to win that Newcastle game and improve from there as well, which they haven't done. But Manchester United, if they want to be taken seriously as a title contender, they've got a couple games in hand now because of all of the, this break they've had uh, from league action. They need to go to Anfield and take advantage of a team that stylistically is a perfect matchup for them. And I, I think they will. 3-1. Marcus Rashford brace, maybe even a hat trick. All right, Javier, you know, other than that last outburst about uh, Arsenal-Leicester, you did well. You did well on this pod. We'll have plenty of time to praise Arsenal. We've done it a lot already, and I'm sure if you guys end up winning the league, we'll have probably a whole pod where I sit here and I'm silent while you just, you know, go off about how great this Arsenal team is. So, you know, patience is a virtue. 
thank you for jumping on the pod uh, after work. I always appreciate it. If you want to follow Javier, you can follow him at JavierRev9 on Twitter. You can follow me at ASMoss92 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the podcast socials at GoSkullPod. Send us a uh, you know tweet or uh, DM us on Instagram uh, to the GoSkull accounts or e- to either of us. Uh, to get a chance of having your correspondence question or concern uh, talked about on the pot. And thanks to Mark for uh, throwing that out about uh, Tottenham this week because I was too riled up about Chelsea to have any sort of analysis on Spurs. Enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time, see you. <laughs>